please, to Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33. I want to thank you for praying for me last week as I was away. I was able to uh, meet with the church and help the church as they were in the process of of uh, looking for a pastor, a smaller church, and uh, they contacted me to ask if I would help them in that process. And so we helped put a uh, pulpit committee together and then looked at some resumes with them. And so you pray, if you would, for this church, and um, I appreciate your faithfulness. And uh, I heard uh, the staff last week did a fantastic job with preaching, and I, I appreciate them so greatly. It's bright up here. I can't see you snoring and sleeping. I can't see anybody past the second row. And I want to thank those that have given so, so that we could have these lights. I understand there's still a couple more, so it's even going to get brighter up here. Uh, they uh, were out of stock, so they're going to add two more lights up here. This will help us with the different programs that we have, and uh, it was a great uh, upgrade. So I praise the Lord for that. I thank the Lord for this church. And I thank the Lord for you. This church is not just a building. It's, uh, it's you. It's the people. This past week, I was thinking, uh, the week started with um, one of our church members, Dan Scro, having uh, open heart surgery on the last Sunday morning. And um, many, many with heartaches. There's um, Georgia uh, buried her son yesterday. Uh, the Gosics had a had a baby. I uh, yesterday we went to uh, a one year old's birthday party. My wife and I we celebrated uh, one year of life for a, a beautiful baby girl. And we after that we went to a, a uh, our anniversary party where a couple celebrated sixty years of marriage. Went and delivered a meal to a a family where the wife is uh, had surgery. There are some that are doing the best they can to keep their marriage together. There's some that um, are doing the best they can to, uh, to keep their jobs. Prayer lists are long. There's some that are fighting cancer. I think of the Sears family. Bill hit, uh, Bill Hitt had his last radiation treatment this past week. And so for some, for some, there's great victories, birth of a child, the last radiation treatment. And then there's some that um, are going through trials and that makes up our church family. And the truth is I, uh, I wouldn't choose to be any other place, but right here and loving people through those things. And, Praying, I want us to be a praying church, don't you? Praying for hurting people. I want us to be a church where God looks down and says, I, I want to send revival to that group of people. They love me. They know me. They, um, they want me to, to send my power down upon them. And that's what I desire for our church. I know this, though, that we have an enemy, and the enemy desires the complete opposite. That enemy desires to wreck your homes and wreck this church. And I say this to you often, anything that God seeks to bless, Satan seeks to destroy. 
just what he does. And the greater the blessings of the Lord, I believe this, the greater the target is that the enemy says, I, I, I want to stop this. He's, he's jealous. He's been jealous of God. That's what caused the war in heaven to take place where Satan was cast out of heaven. He was jealous of who God is. He was jealous of God's authority, of God's power. He desired it. He, he wanted to be equal and a third of the angels fell with him when he was cast out of heaven. And when they fell and mankind was created from the moment in the garden of Eden, when mankind fell to this very moment, Satan seeks to destroy. He seeks to destroy you. He causes sin to look so appealing. He causes this world to look so appealing. I want you to find Exodus chapter 33, if you would, please. Exodus chapter 33 in the moments that I have left here today. I want to look at this passage of scripture. I think about the exciting nation of Israel. They're, they're taken out of bondage. And this is a great representation of us as we're saved. We're a called out assembly where we as a church, we're a called out assembly. We're believers that God has called together and put together. And he's the head of this church and, and he supplies nourishment. I preached that a couple weeks back uh, to this body. The exciting time for Israel, Israel was for over 400 years in bondage. They, they um, didn't have a leader. They, they didn't have a say. They were slaves. They were servants in this land of Israel and, or this land of Egypt. And, and uh, the Egyptians were their taskmasters. And, and there was a period of time where, where their baby boys were taken and were killed because they didn't want Israel to rise up and overthrow Egypt. And they were slaves, they were construction workers, they worked in the fields, they made bricks, they did whatever Pharaoh and those in charge of Egypt desired for them to do. And this was a process that took place over hundreds of years. The Bible says that God heard their cry. They heard their crying. It's not my message this morning, but I'm so glad that God hears our crying, aren't you? He hears you, he loves you, he cares for you. He cared for his people Israel and he heard their cry and he, he sent them a deliverer, Moses, and Moses went in and, and through Moses, God showed his power through these plagues and, and he, they were released from Pharaoh and from the Egyptian hand and, and they faced the Red Sea and they get to the Red Sea and, and for the first time, the people see God's power and his strength and that Red Sea is parted and they walk over on dry ground and, and if that's not enough, they get to the other side and Pharaoh begins to walk through this path and God allows those, those walls to cave in on Pharaoh and God not only only delivers Israel that day, but he also defeats Pharaoh. How great is God? The people get into the wilderness and there's a time that the people now uh, are in the wilderness and they get to this mount and God says to Moses, I want you to go up into this, to this mountain. And when you're there, I'm going to speak to you. There's the law I'm going to give you. And the purpose of this was so that the people knew how to live. They would know what God desired. They would know how to live a life pleasing to the Lord. And, 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 and as, as Moses is up there receiving the law, Israel sins. 
They make this golden calf and they begin to worship. Could you imagine seeing all that God has done and thinking that this man-made golden calf is gonna to be your guide and be your protection? And God's angry. We come to Exodus chapter number 33 and Moses is... God's angry and the punishment comes and God says to Moses, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to consume this people. I'm going to, I'm going to wipe them out. And, and, and Moses, I'm going to start over with you. And if you know the story, you find where Moses pleads with God, please don't, don't do that. And, and um, God seeks and <clears throat> he forgives his people. And aren't you so glad that God is a forgiving God? And God says to Moses, I want you to come back to this mountain. And I want you to see with me in verse number 17 of chapter number 33. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. He said, I will make all the, the goodness pass before thee and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, thou canst, canst not see my face for there shall no man see and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me and thou shalt stand upon a rock. It shall come to pass while my glory passeth by that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock. It will cover thee with my hand while I pass. And I will take away my hand and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. Moses is going to get an understanding about God that he's not seen before. I want you to look with me in verse number 13 of this, of this same chapter. Now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace, this is Moses speaking, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way that I may know thee. And today, I want to take that verse as our text verse and look at this thought here today. Show me now thy way that I may know thee. I want to know God, don't you? And I remember this, as a six-year-old boy, I trusted Christ as my Savior. And, and uh, since that day, there's things that I've learned about God. Uh, I, I knew that he was my Savior. I knew that he loved me. I knew that he died for me. But since that time, as a six-year-old boy of receiving Christ as my Savior, there's some things that I've known about God or learned about God since that time. And I know it's the same with you. There's trials that you go through, and if you'll endure, you'll find some things about God. There's situations in life that God allows you to go through, and he does that so that there's things that you'll learn about God. Moses is, is getting an understanding of God. This is a, a low place for the nation of Israel. They've created a, a golden calf and, and they've worshiped this calf. And Moses was up in the mountain. He's meeting with God. And, and as, as he's up there meeting, I want you to turn with me to Exodus, just a page over, Exodus chapter 32, verse number 10. Moses comes down and this is now what God desires. God says in verse number 10, now therefore let me alone that my wrath may wax hot against them, that I may consume them. 
and I will make of thee a, a, a great nation. The Lord was angry and, and he's ready to consume Israel because of their sin. He's had it. it, it enough is enough. And, and, and they're a stiff-necked people, he says. Every time I turn around, they're complaining. Every time I turn around, they're sinning. And now, now they've done the, the, the ultimate. Now they've taken another God and now they're giving that God credit for what I've done. They're, they're worshiping this golden calf and they're saying that this calf is what brought them out of Egypt. And God says, enough's enough. I brought you out of Egypt. No, no other God did this. And God was not going to allow something else or someone else to get glory that he deserved. And at that moment, Moses stands between God and the people, and he's asking God not to consume Israel. He's asking them, he's pleading with God not to do this great, this great thing of consuming them because of their sin. He knew God could, and he knew that God had every right to, but he still stood before the people begging God not to do this. As I said, the Lord's had it. He's, he's going to consume them, and he's going to start over with Moses. In verse number 13, Moses is learning something about God. He says, that I may know thee. You see, he knew God in Egypt as he delivered the people from Pharaoh. The God was merciful. The people, he heard their cry and God delivered them. He knew the God at the Red Sea as he parted the waters for Israel. And Moses knew the God of, uh, 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 at the, the, the water there at Marah as, as he made the water drinkable. And he knew the God that sent them manna. See, the God that Moses has seen up to this place is a God that was providing, the God that was supplying, the God that was protecting. Every need that the Israelites had, there was God that was going to, to keep them. He's seen God protect. He's seen God supply. He's seen God love. He's seen God deliver. But now he is seeing God in a different way. Now what he is seeing, he's seeing God angry. He's seeing God ready to consume his people. He sees the people have sinned, that they've worshiped this other God. And he's seeing God differently now. And he's not quite sure what God's going to do. Moses is at a place in his life where he may not have hope because he isn't sure how God's going to react to Israel now. God's brought them all the way to this place and now they've sinned by worshiping another God. They're living in sin and he's not quite sure what God's going to do. God says, I'm going to consume them and Moses is pleading for this not to happen. Hear me this morning, there's some of us, some of you, that you've sinned. And you're not sure what God's going to do and how God's going to react. The first tendency for anyone that sins a believer, they, uh, the first tendency is to run. I failed God, I... I'm sorry for failing God, and now he's going to be angry, and I'm going to get away from God as far as I possibly can. Let me just run. Let me get out of here. You've sinned against God's love. You've sinned uh, against God's light. You've, 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 you've broken fellowship with God. And you're in the same dilemma that Moses has faced. You've sinned, and God is ready to deal with your sin. And Moses needed to hear from God. 
He needed to hear from the Lord. But he wasn't sure what the Lord was going to do with this one. You ever been there? Not quite sure how the Lord's going to handle this. Because Moses understood this. He saw God's mighty hand. He realized this. Without the Lord, they might as well dig their graves and die there in the desert because without the Lord, they had no place to go. When you sin, Christian, if you're a believer, where else can you go? Where do you go if there's no grace? Or where do you go if there's no hope? Moses says that there's no place to go other than God. And, 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 and I, I want us to get that thought this morning. The reality is this, for the believer, there's no place for us to go other than God. There's no place to run to. There's no safety in any other place. There's no grace in any other place. There's no hope in any other place. Even when a believer sins, the best place that believer can go to is run back to God. Be right with God. In verse number 18, Moses says, show me thy glory. Show me thy glory. Uh, look with me in, in, in uh, Exodus chapter 33, verse number 18. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. This must be the believer's cry when we sin. God, show me your glory. God is not interested in my thought of this message as we come to this table today. And the purpose of this table is so that we as believers, we, we get right with the Lord. As I said, and I'll say every time we come to this table, it's not for a believer to say, forget it, I, I'm not going to partake, I'm living in sin. It's for the believer to say, I'm living in sin, and I'm going to run back to God. I'm going to get right with God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do everything I can to, to ask for forgiveness. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find hope, and I'm going to find grace. And where does a believer go? A believer goes to God. Moses said this, I want to know your glory. Show me your glory. Show me who you are. Some think there is no hope. I've sinned before God. How many times is God going to forgive me? And, and Satan will put it in your mind that, that God is, 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 is tired and he's not going to forgive you again. But I, I want you to know that even though you've sinned, there is hope. And even though you sin, that God desires to forgive you. And God desires for you to run back to him so he can show you his glory. That's God's desire. Next is chapter 13. 33, the verses that we read from verses 19 and down to verse number 22. I want you to look with me in verse number 21. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me. and Thou shalt stand upon a rock. And it shall come to pass while my glory passeth by that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And what the verse is saying, I'm going to hide you and I'm going to defend you with my power. There's a, there's a rock that I'm going to place you on, and there's a cliff in that rock, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hide you in that cliff. And I could just imagine as Moses is standing there on that mountain, and all of the events that have happened previously are running through Moses' mind, and he looks down, and, 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 and that mountain could be a scary place. I've 
been on several mountains. I remember in Dominican Republic, they took us up this mountain and, and coming down the mountain, all the, all the coffee beans and all the things that were piled high on a truck. And the truck was about one and a half lanes wide. And, and the, 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 uh, going up the mountain, the path was barely two cars wide. And so we would literally have to get as far over as you possibly can to let these cars these, these big trucks pass by and you could smell their brakes are burning and you just, you knew not to get in the way. And, and I remember we got so close to the side, I could look all the way down and it was a long drop. And I thought to myself, it'd be better if I just got out of this and walked. This is not safe. I can imagine Moses here on this mountain He's standing here upon this rock and he's looking and he's thinking of the events that have unfolded. He's looking down and knowing that any moment, if he were to, if he were to fall, that he could, that he could uh, uh, come to his, a, a certain death, but God hides him in the cleft of that rock. Yes, we as Christians, you know, every single person, every single Christian fails. We, we're in a, a room full of people that have failed in life at times. I want you to look at the person next to you and say this, you're not perfect. Go ahead, tell them. You're not perfect. Then look at the person and say, neither are you. Tell them. There's not a perfect person here. And sometimes people come to church and, and they look around and they think, oh, if I could be perfect like that Christian or, or have it together like that person, I, I just want to clear the air today and let you know there's nobody perfect in here. We just dress up nice or comb our hair just right or put our clothes on just right. But you know what? Inside, all of us have failed. This is a hospital of people that are sick, that need the Lord, need his grace and need his mercy. And, and there, maybe today there's someone that you failed. But I want you to know, although you failed, there is a rock. And that rock is Jesus Christ. There's a cavity in that rock, and there's a place that God places you securely in that rock. That rock, his name is Jesus Christ. And we, if you're a believer in Christ, the Bible, the New Testament says this, that we are found in Christ. We're found in that rock. When you fail God and you sin, don't linger there in your sin. Quickly run back to Jesus. Get back to that rock. Get back into that cavity. Listen, Christian, you don't have to stay out in that world of sin. And some say this, I've sinned, I've messed up, and God's finished with me, and God's done with me. How many times can God forgive me? And I want to say to you this, as God said to Moses, I'm going to place you on a rock, and I'm going to place you in the cavity of that rock. Listen, I don't care how many times you've sinned, run back to that rock and find safety in Christ Jesus. I know someone might say this, well, you're abusing grace by telling someone that they can sin. I, Paul said this, God forbid that we sin. But when we do, we have a rock to run back to. In verse number 22, the Bible says this, and it, came, and it shall come to pass while my glory passeth by that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. I tell you, that verse is so refreshing. 
Lord said, I'm going to put my hand on you. I thought this week, as someone in the surgery and as some stood at the casket of, of someone that they love, I thought of some that are battling with their marriages. I thought of some that are going through chemo or going through radiation. I thought of some that are, that are, that are looking at financial ruin. I've thought of some that are, that are looking at a problem in life, a situation in life. I've thought of some that are dealing with a wayward child. I've, I've thought of all these situations this week. And in this verse, I thought of, as I've read this verse, I will put my hand while I pass by. Here is God's promise to you. I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to let you fall. I'm not going to let you fail. I'm going to put my hand hand upon you and keep you there. Listen to me, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you've done, no matter what trial you're in, no matter what sin you've committed, God's got his hand. He wants you to come back to that place where his hand can protect you. I want you to see in Exodus chapter 34, I hurry for time here in Exodus 34. The Bible says in verse number six, and the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious and long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin that will by no means clear the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, upon the children's children, upon the third into the fourth generation. In verse number eight, and Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. God's saying, I've got a, I've got a place on a rock. That rock is Christ. When you give your heart to Jesus Christ, to, to, to Christ you are in, you are found in Christ. This means when you fail, you're still, you still have available to you that covenant of God that he made with all the way back in the Old Testament that, that he promised the Messiah. And if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, even though you failed, that covenant is still true. You are still found in Christ. In the book of Exodus here, what he's describing, what Moses learned through this process, he learned something about God. And I believe this, Christian, we should always be learning something about God. He doesn't allow uh, failure. He doesn't allow trials. He doesn't allow burdens in our life for us to walk away and not know anything greater about him. I believe this, that God allows things to happen in our life so that we see him differently. We see him greater. You know what Moses learned? He learned that in this rock, in the safety of the cleft of this rock, in the safety of God's hand protecting him here in this rock, he learned this, that that rock is, 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 is mercy and gracious. You know what I find about Jesus Christ? He is exactly what's described here in verse number six, in verse number seven. You know what we find? That Jesus Christ, that rock, that one that we're found in, the one that God has placed his hand over us and protected us with, that same Jesus, he is merciful and he is gracious and he is long 
long suffering. I'm so glad that I can learn something about Jesus, you know, even in a place where God was angry about their sin. And maybe you're in a place where you've sinned and maybe you're in a place where you're away from God, that even in that place, you need to learn something, that God is mercy and he's gracious and he wants you back. You need to learn that he's long suffering. Listen, Satan will cause you to think that God has had enough. He's done with you. But I want you to know that one of the attributes that God is, is that he is long suffering. It's who he is. He's abundant in goodness and truth. He's keeping mercy for for thousands. The Bible goes on to say this. He's forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin. And that forgiveness is for you as well. He's the rock. You know, I've thought this past week as I've studied this passage of Scripture. As I've dealt with different circumstances, you know, it's... It's my responsibility to preach against sin. I must. Where else do you go to hear that sin is against God? Where else are you going to go? Where else are you going to go that you'll have someone pleading with you to be right with God, run back to God? Husband, where else are you going to go where you've got someone that loves you that says, turn from that sin and turn back to your, your wife and your bride and be right with God? Wife, where else are you going to go where you've got a man of God that says, get right with God? But it doesn't stop there. As we say, get right with God, as you hear preaching against sin, I say, where else are you going to go where someone's going to tell you that you can't live in sin, you can't be right with God? Where else are you going to go where we come to a table to remember Christ and what he's done for us? But as, as you hear to get out of sin, as you hear get right with God, yes, you've sinned, but there is a rock, and his name is Jesus Christ. And as you hear the preaching against sin, as you hear get right with God, as you hear that God is angry at sin and and that God is going to punish sin, we also hear the message of the rock, Jesus Christ, the gospel. Yes, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But guess what? There's God's grace and there's God's mercy. And he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to pay our sin debt. If you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, run to the rock for the first time and find strength and find hope and find everlasting life in him. Oh, if you're a child of God and you're sitting here today and you hear this message preached and you're living in sin, then I say to you this, with all the love I possibly can, with all the passion I possibly can, get right with God today. Find rest once again in that rock and experience that love that God has as he places his hand over you in that place. There's nothing that this world has to offer. You know what Israel learned? There's nothing that God could offer them, that small G, that golden calf. Nothing that golden calf could offer them. 
There's nothing, nothing that golden calf could give them that satisfies. All the protection they needed was found in the almighty God. All of the strength they needed was found in the almighty God. All of what they needed, no matter what it was, God supplied in everything they needed was there. And I love this passage of scripture as well, because when they sinned, God forgave them. And listen to me today, if you're living here or sitting here today and you're living in sin, God will forgive you. Stop running from God and run back to God and experience the mercy and the grace that he desires for you to have today.